One of the open doors to rejection comes when we do not receive the love and acceptance God created us to receive. This is a basic human need. So, stay with me. Today, we are going to continue our talk on rejection and expose it as one of the most common oppressors in our life. Hey, friend. Welcome to the Shattered in the Beautiful podcast. I'm Jeannie Smith. If your heart is hurting, no matter what your circumstances are, there is only one healer. Through biblical content, I will teach you how to experience whole healing and soar into great purpose. So, let's get into today's show. Grab your favorite coffee, journal, and Bible. It's time to dig in and unwrap your gift. Hey friends, welcome back. So, are you able to determine the pathway in which rejection entered into your life? Last week's episode, we asked that question. Had you consider where did rejection enter into your life? And so I wonder, has God showed up and has he began to show you where rejection entered into your life? Or maybe has he showed you how rejection is currently controlling your life? I want you to know that Satan is sneaky. He will drop seeds of rejection into your life in a huge way, but also in very subtle ways. So be on the alert. It's funny this week as I've been working on the content for these episodes, uh, it's been challenging. It's been a really challenging week. And so I realized just this morning that, oh my goodness, Satan was attacking me in these subtle ways of rejection. Of course he is because I'm putting out there content that he does not want me to put out there. I'm helping to expose his spirit of rejection that he uses to destroy so many lives. So I guess he's a little ticked off, but man, it's been a challenging week. So I have to tell you this story because many of you probably shop at Target, right? So I take off to Target with my little boy and our, our mission is he's having a Christmas party and we are to be buying a gift for him to exchange with his little friend at the Christmas party. So I'm just trying to have a sweet moment with my son. And so we've got the gift. We've gone through the checkout line. And I said to him, would you like to have a hot cup of cocoa? You want to go get some cocoa together? And of course he said, yeah, would love to do that. So we mosey on over to the Starbucks line in Target where, of course, there is, I don't know, 15 people deep. Then the big debut happens. The hot cocos are ready and they are delivered to us on the counter. And my precious little seven-year-old reaches to grab his hot cocoa, but he grabs it from the top. And you know what happens next, right? It goes everywhere, all over the floor. And Tarjay... And of course, everyone is standing around staring at not just a little dribble on the floor, but the entire cup of hot cocoa is splattered everywhere. So my poor little boy, he's humiliated and I try to direct him around the spill and have him go stand in the corner with our bag so that I can help the lady clean up the hot cocoa that's all over the floor. And so I begin to do that and I am torn because I see my little boy standing over in the corner who is got his little lip poked out and his lip is quivering and he's beginning to cry. And of course, mama's heart is what to rush over there and make sure that he is okay. But 
there was the evidence of this spilled hot cocoa all over the floor and the lady hollering at me from the back, don't move, stay right there, put paper towels over the spill. And so I'm torn as to what to do in this moment. And so I realize that no one is willing to help mama. In that moment, I just feel like if I'd have been there and seen that, I would have so jumped in and helped that poor mama, which was me, that poor mama, just do something. I just felt so troubled by that. And I realize we live in this world that's becoming more and more selfish, and there's such a lack of humanity, um, or the mercy and compassion of who Jesus was. He was a helper and a servant at all times. And that's who he's created us to be. That's who he wants us to be. Be on guard. Be very aware of how Satan is using rejection to target you. Simple things can add up to be big things. So I, let's just talk about childhood because, you know, rejection many times goes back to childhood. So we were born into this world with this basic human need to be loved and accepted. It's very simple. And then we can move into our adult years. And, you know, if this need has not been met, because it's our parents' job to meet that need, and if it's not met, then we can become very independent and strong-minded. Uh, we may say things like, I'm strong, I'm independent, I don't need anyone, I'm okay, or I don't really care what people think. It may be an indication that we have experienced rejection and it's a way to guard or protect ourselves and maybe even trick ourselves into believing that we are self-sufficient and we don't have needs. And that is not true. We do have needs. We need the love of others. We need the love of God. And he made it like that so. He created us with those needs. And if we don't get it, that need will manifest itself in other ways. So maybe it comes out as fear or isolation or pride. And it's like things in our childhood that we're never really allowed to develop. You know, we go through child development. And if there's areas that never really developed, maybe because of pain, trauma, hey, rejection, they are going to manifest themselves later in life in some way, shape, or form. Maybe it's through weaknesses or struggles that we have ongoing in our life. Of course, it's not anything that cannot be healed and restored. Hear that now. God will do it. But we first have to discover the needs, and we have to be aware of them, and we have to take action. There's some requirement on our part. We do have a responsibility in this. Listen, we all have needs, and we need to be attentive to them. No one is going to do this for you. You are going to have to do it yourself. So I want you to think about that for a moment. What can you do for yourself that will improve your well-being and make you a better person? What steps can you take towards getting the healing that you need? Maybe it's listening to a podcast. Maybe it's reading a really good book. Hey, maybe it's uh, getting a counselor that you can work with week after week. So go do it. Listen, everybody needs it at some point in time in their life. So I'm just going to share with you right now. I am working with a counselor personally. I do a lot of pouring out. I counsel a lot of women. But right now, because of a season of great trauma and grief that I've been walking through, I have decided to myself reach out and find the counselor that I feel is well-suited for me and walk out some healing. Why? It's important to me because I do so much pouring out 
And right now I need a time of pouring in. And I have to balance that. I have to be very careful about what I'm putting my hands to during this season of time right now. I understand the stages of grief. I understand what it takes to walk out a healing process and what that looks like. Yes, because I teach that all the time. But I am not a stranger to it. Things happen to us every day in different seasons of our life where we are going to need healing, maybe different forms of healing. And God's going to take her, take us through deep, uh, deeper levels of healing all the time. So we have to be obedient to that. We have to be aware of it. And so right now for me, I need to make sure that I walk out this process in a very healthy way for me, for my family, and for my ministry. So yes, I did seek some additional help. And you know what? That has been a wonderful thing. So I want you to consider that for yourself and be bold, be strong, be courageous. This is a good thing to consider. Okay, back to rejection. I want to read you a great quote from a man named John Eckhart. And it says, demons associated with rejection make it almost impossible for individuals to develop into the true people God created them to be. They become ruled by these spirits and find themselves always trying to compensate for their lack of development and lack of confidence. They become rebellious in order to protect themselves from hurt and being taken advantage of. With rebellion comes bitterness, bitterness against people, and life circumstances that have caused all kinds of hurt and trauma. Many people don't realize they have been rejected and how they themselves continue the cycle of rejection in their lives. You have most likely experienced the ripple effect of rejection throughout your life from parents, relatives, teachers, church leaders, supervisors, co-workers, and spouses who have been hurt and rejected and have reacted to you out of that spirit, causing you to experience rejection yourself. Wow, such a great quote. And I wanted to read that because we've touched on several of those things already in this episode. Back to that vicious cycle of rejection. And it goes to the little saying, cliche, you've probably heard it, hurting people hurt people, right? But again, remember, it is a spirit that we're operating with here. And the cycle will repeat itself. So, different forms of rejection I wanted to touch on today. I mean, we can go back even into the womb. One of the things that develop quickly with a baby in the womb is, is hearing. They're able to hear things. They're able to feel things. Well, because they're connected to the mother in such a unique, uh, miraculous way that they feel emotions. Um, and so, things uh, that the woman may be feeling or speaking or hearing can move into the child. So maybe it's an unplanned pregnancy or maybe the child is not wanted or maybe there's a consideration of abortion being discussed or maybe one of the spouses is not um, approving of the gender. Maybe you've found out what the gender is and you're not happy about it and that's being verbalized. And so all these things can enter as because it's a spirit can enter into the spirit of the child. Another form of rejection that can enter in during childhood is the middle child syndrome. You may have heard of this. Uh, middle children sometimes struggle with rejection because it's associated with um, assuming themselves to the identity of maybe the firstborn or the lastborn. Uh, they're having a difficult time finding, discovering their identity. 
they may be less responsiveness going on from the parents to the middle child, which sometimes makes the middle child feel less valued or less attention or focus is being put on that child. So I'm just giving you some examples of how rejection can enter in to childhood development, but please do your own research. Get into God's word. Do some research on some scientific studies that's been done by some really great counselors that have watched this process and researched it themselves through the years. But generational rejection is something that if you have parents that have had a hard time showing affection, they may have some things from their past, from their parents and how they handled them that is being passed down to you unintendedly. They love you, but they themselves don't come from a family culture of physical affection uh, that may openly say, I love you, I'm proud of you. They may be unable to express that to you um, through physical touch. So in these situations, huge, huge extension of grace and understanding is required on your part. So dig in there, find out, you know, what your parents what kind of culture they were living in as they grew up. So they may use other things to show their love to you. It may be through gifts or acts of service because they do love you. They're just showing you that love in different ways. And it may not be the ways that you need them to love you. And so those are healthy conversations that you could have with them as you're making these discoveries. So I want to encourage you to know your love language. Do you know your love language? Do you know the love language of your parents? of your spouse, of your children. Uh, there is some great material out there. Gary Chapman has some great studies for individuals, for adults, and for children to help you discover your love language. And you will learn how to express love. You will learn how they express their love to you and how they need it and how you need it and how you need to receive it. So I encourage you to do those things. Nonetheless, Love not being shown the way that you need it to be shown can cause rejection. Also, children who have been adopted or have been in foster care during their life, they may feel rejected, and rightly so. So it's huge to understand the Father's love. All of us need to understand the Father's love who never rejects us. Also, homes where parents argue or fight or there's drugs in the home, that can also uh, lead to forms of rejection if a child is constantly criticized or abused or traumatized in any kind of way. Parents who show no interest in what their children are doing, um, their, their gifts, their talents, um, things that they're doing in school, if they're showing no interest in their grades, uh, or if they're constantly in social media, spending more time, the parents are spending more time in social media instead of spending quality time with their children and getting to know their children. I mean, if we're not having healthy communication in the home, how do we as parents have a clue as to what our children are going through? So you have to study your spouse. You have to study your children in order to have healthy home environments. As children grow, they could be experiencing rejection, not even in the home, but through school systems or other uh, environments that they're in through friends, bullying them. Bullying is a huge thing as they get older and they enter into boyfriend, girlfriend relationships. Breakups could cause rejection, loss of an important job, um, or as adults, married adults, if we have been left by a spouse, then we experience a form of abandonment. So abandonment 
spouse, marital things that can lead to rejection in a huge way. If I have spoken out any part of your story today, I just want to say this to you so loud and crystal clear. It is not your fault and you can break the cycle. Exposing the enemy breaks the cycle and you may need some help to walk that out. You may need to sit through some deliverance counseling. If you don't know what that is, you can Google that, but it's just a form of spiritual prayer counseling where some things can be spoken off of you, especially if there's generational things that may have entered into your life. But you can be restored and you can break the cycle. That's the good news. The gospel and the truth and the love of Jesus Christ breaks the cycle. Now, Satan knows that a seed of rejection has the potential to grow into a person's life and lead to ruins. He knows that. It's why he uses it so often. He is after you and your children and the generation. So break the cycle. Kick his butt. You have the power to do that as a child of God. If you have children, we have to take responsibility for this. We have to take back our family. We have to create a culture of love, acceptance, and give them grace and space to grow. Learn, but always have them learn in a place of acceptance and love. And here's the hope. God has a plan to restore all the years the locusts have eaten. So I don't care where you are today or what your background entails. Hear that. God has a plan to restore all the years that the enemy has taken from you. All the locusts have eaten. That comes from Joel chapter 2 verse 25. It says, I will restore to you the years that the locusts have eaten, the canker worm and the caterpillar and the palmer worm, my great army which I have sent among you. So a little explanation on what the Lord is saying there. Throughout redemptive history, one sad theme runs consistently. God set his favor on the Israelites as his treasured possession. He makes a covenant with them to bless them, and they break their part of the covenant. It's a sad illustration of the human condition that God's own people, rescued from bondage in Egypt, saw his signs and wonders, saw his miracles by his mighty hand, forgot again and again his faithfulness and goodness to them turning instead to false gods and other wickedness that goes on with other forms of religion. But God is perfectly holy, and while he routinely shows his children mercy and is patient with them, his holiness eventually leads to the necessity of disciplining his people. Whenever he does this, he always returns to restore them and bless them once again. Why? Because of his love, because of his mercy and compassion. So in Joel 2.25, we see this. God promises not only to resume blessing, but to provide for them and to protect them. Why? Because they're his children. He loves them. They're their chosen ones. Yes, they have failed. But he promises to restore what was lost in the destruction. And many times we bring on our own destruction. They brought their destruction onto themselves through their sin and the rebellion. This is a sweet promise for anyone who has suffered the consequences of sin and fears that we cannot recover what was lost. God is a kind and merciful father to us who will not just discipline us because he loves us. Although that is necessary, he will also restore to us in our relationship to him his blessings. 
because he's so good. And that is what we see here. That's the promise that we see here in this passage. And even though it was Israelites that are being spoken about here, we can apply this to us today. The very same things today that God will heal. God will restore. And the cycle can stop with you and the cycle can stop with me. So I want to ask you a question because we're talking about here God in his goodness and mercy restoring what was lost. And so whether it's rejection or whatever way pain and loss has entered into your life, I want you to take a moment and think about something in the past that maybe has already been restored. I want you to think about uh, how that was restored and what that newfound joy may have looked like. And maybe you haven't experienced this yet, but trust me, if you listen to the things that I speak to you if you get into God's word and you trust God and you trust him and you allow him to move and work in your life, you will experience this. Now, I'm going to give you an example. So I shared with you in a previous episode that I had had an abortion and that brought a lot of pain and grief and loss to my life. And I was simply asked this question one day that just really ministered to me and gave me a totally fresh perspective. And here's the question. At what moment do you remember, Jeannie, joy entering back into your life after all of that pain and loss through your abortion? And here is my answer. God took me back to the specific moment in time when I remember that pain and loss being replaced with joy. It was after he had called me to found a pregnancy crisis center that began to help other women and uh, help other lives to be saved. And babies, mom started walking into the facility in which I worked and they would come in and say, hey, Miss Jeannie, I want you to hold the baby that you were a part helping to save. And they would lay these babies into my arms. And during that time, I was uh, not only still grieving the loss of my baby to some degree, but I was trying to have a child of my own. And so infertility was very real and alive in my life. I had been trying to have a child for about 10 years and I was still praying and believing in the Lord for that. But When those babies started being laid in my arms, I started to feel a joy, and I began to feel a connection to them, Uh, almost like a spiritual mama I was to these babies, it felt like. And so uh, as time and time again, as those moms came in and they put those babies in my arms, that grief and that loss and pain started to be replaced with a newfound joy. And all of a sudden, I was able, through that newfound joy, I was able to release this huge desire for a child in my life, give it right back to the Lord and say, Lord, if you are wanting to do this thing, you are totally able to give me a child. But until then, I'm going to receive these babies as my own. I'm going to receive them as a blessing from you. And that was a newfound joy that I found. And it was it came in a way that I never thought that it would, but it came. And so that brings me great hope to even what I'm walking through today, that God is faithful He promised to bring newfound joy into that circumstance, and he did. It may have not come in the way I thought. It came in different ways, but he did. And he will do it again now in this season of life that I'm in. And so I want to say that to you. God will restore, just like this passage in Joel said, he will bring a newfound joy and a new pathway of hope for you. So be excited about that. Be expectant about that. Be hopeful about that because it's coming. Now, we're getting ready to close out this episode, and I have a gift for you, and this is going to be a gift for a new start, and it's very simple, and it starts with you. 
and it's absolutely free. It's a pledge and it's a commitment that I want you to say. You can pause me. You can write this down in your journal. But whether you say it now or you come back and say it later, I want you to speak these words over yourself and I want you to believe it because this is going to begin to enter you into some freedom. Okay, you ready? I commit to breaking the cycle of rejection in Jesus' name. I will walk in God's love, acceptance, favor, and blessing. I am going to bind Satan in Jesus' name. I am going to raise my children in the way of the Lord and in a culture of love and acceptance. I will pray over my family and home daily. Any spirit of rejection or fear has to flee in Jesus' name. We will reside under the spiritual covering of God. Satan cannot have my children or cause pain within me any longer. This day I turn rejection onto him and I say I reject you, Satan, and your lies in Jesus' name. You can no longer control me and you cannot go with me where I am going. Woo, that's a pledge of commitment right there. Speak it over yourself every day. Print it out. Uh, put it in a Word document. Put it up on your refrigerator. Put it up on your mirror as you're getting ready. Whatever you got to do. I encourage you to walk throughout your home and pray it and speak it. Go pray it over your children or your spouse at night when they sleep. This is good stuff. All right, next week, we are going to look at strategies to destroy the spirit of rejection. I hope you have a wonderful week. Love you bunches. Live life abundantly. like mommy's show leave a review hey before you go if this podcast has blessed you the number one way you can help me is to leave a review and subscribe to the shattered into beautiful show next hop on over to the shattered into beautiful private facebook group where you will find a network of friends with daily inspiration you can reach me at jeanniescottsmith.com and lastly please share the episode or review in your social and tag me at smith evangelistic ministries I cannot wait to meet with you again. Stay tuned for more life-giving podcasts coming your way.